Did you catch the last presidential debate? I did. And, and I thought it was better than the first one, <laughs> which wasn't too hard. Uh, during said debate, the second debate, uh, this happened. Nobody has done more for the black community than Donald Trump. And if you look, with the exception of Abraham Lincoln, possible exception, but the exception of Abraham Lincoln, nobody has done what I've done. As spirited as the, the uh, debate was, these comments stood out to me because throughout his presidency, two themes have been pretty much consistent. One theme is that he is the most racist president we've ever had, and the other theme is that he is not racist at all. If I watch the mainstream news, it's a given that Donald Trump is racist, and that sentiment is echoed among those who follow the mainstream news. On the other hand, there is research from uh, Pew Research, the Media Research Center, Harvard University, and other studies all proving that the media deliberately distorts their coverage of President Trump. I talked about that in an earlier podcast. The topic of this podcast, though, uh, is simple. What has President Trump done for African Americans, if anything? Is he truly the greatest president for blacks since Abraham Lincoln? Is he as racist as so many people want me to believe? I wanted to know for myself, so I did my own research. And I'll share what I discovered after this word from my sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by Black History Quiz because it takes more than a month to learn our history. History is not black and white. It's complicated. America was built on slave labor, yet blacks owned slaves as well. The Republican Party was founded to abolish slavery, but today most blacks vote Democrat. And sometimes, just sometimes, African kings marry white. No matter the race, people are complicated, filled with contradictions and change with the times. To view history through the lenses of today's culture cheats the learner of the full story. Black History Quiz is a newsletter that shares facts you might not have learned in school and certainly did not learn from mainstream media. Black History Quiz educates, sparks debate, and often puts history in a brand new light. Visit blackhistoryquiz.com and subscribe to the weekly newsletter. No matter your perspective of history, you will not be disappointed. Blackhistoryquiz.com for me to accept Donald Trump as racist, I would have to see evidence of it prior and post the election. From what I can tell, he was not considered racist until he entered the arena of politics. He was certainly revered in the hip-hop community. Check out this compilation of various hip-hop songs from the 90s to the 2000s. Uh, the Trump name is associated with power, prestige, wealth, and swagger consistently in rap music. Yo, Ice, I did a concert in the White House, and after that, me and Donald Trump hung out. I gotta say what's up to Digital Underground, and Humpty Hump, cause he making more than Donald Trump. Beep is going off like Donald Trump gets checks. I got spunk, I well know like Donald Trump. Pick me up and lick me up just to get a pump. Forget Black Caesar, brothers call me Black Trump. Put my gas in my pockets, the Donald Trump. Soon to be paid like Donald Trump. But yo, guess who's the Black Trump? You can boom so I can jump to the sounds I pump. But I ain't quitting till I'm shitting on Donald Trump. Got a business mind, so if I lose the funk, I'll still be in the house getting paid like Trump. And, and there are more I could have played, but, uh, but I digress. 
did you know that in 1999, Jesse Jackson praised Donald Trump for a lifetime of helping the African-American community? Here's a clip of that. I do want to express thanks to you, Donald Trump, for being with us tonight. Uh, we need your building skills, uh, your uh, gusto, um, your rent package for people on Wall Street who represent diversity. And uh, we thank you for coming tonight. Let's give Donald Trump a big hand. <laughs> But that was before Donald Trump became president. After he became president, Charlottesville happened. I am, of course, referring to the Unite the Right rally, which was a white supremacist and neo-Nazi rally that took place in Charlottesville, Virginia, uh, from August 11th to August 12th in 2017. Protesters were members of the far right and included self-identified members of the alt-right, neo-confederates, neo-fascists, white nationalism, neo-Nazis, Klansmen, and various so-called right-wing militias. The organizers' stated goals included unifying the American white nationalist movement and opposing the proposed removal of the statue of General Robert E. Lee from Charlottesville, uh, former Lee Park. And it is important to note that the counter-protesters vastly outnumbered the racist protesters. Hmm. Uh, President Trump was asked about it in a press conference. I quote now from CNN. President Donald Trump, in a staggering, impromptu news conference in New York on Tuesday, blamed the violence in Charlottesville, Virginia over the weekend on both sides of the conflict, equating the white supremacists on one side with the alt-left on the other side. After his top White House aide spent days trying to clean up after Trump's initial vague response to the violence. The news conference laid bare his unvarnished view of who was to blame for the violence and what he thinks about the nationwide effort to remove statues of Confederate leaders. Trump's comments were the latest in what has been a jaw-dropping saga ever since the president made his first vague statement on the violence, blaming the conflicts on, quote, many sides, end quote. The comments also made clear that Trump's speech on Monday, which vociferously blamed the violence on the alt-right and neo-Nazi groups who initiated the protest, was largely a sterilized version of his view. I think there is blame on both sides, Trump said, during a contentious back and forth with reporters in the lobby of his midtown Manhattan building. What about the alt-left that came charging at, as you say, the alt-right? Do they have any semblance of guilt, Trump asked? What about the fact that they came charging with clubs in hand, swinging clubs? Do they have any problem? I think they do. He added, You had a group on one side that was bad, and you had a group on the other side that was also very violent. Nobody wants to say it, but I will say it right now. On Saturday, as violence in Charlottesville played out on national television, Trump blamed, quote, many sides, end quote, for the conflict. Though that answer was quickly panned by Democrats and Republicans alike, Trump remained silent on Sunday, leading it to his aides to try to clean up his vague answer. Trump, after mounting pressure that was palpable inside the White House, spoke Monday and condemned the white supremacists and neo-Nazis as the heart 
of the violence. When people accuse President Trump of being racist, this is almost always used as an example. However, the way the story is framed is incorrect. I looked up the video of that press conference and the president clearly denounced the white supremacists at the press conference, clearly laying out the blame where appropriate. It was not vague, as CNN pointed out repeatedly in its article. If you hear what the president said versus what people tell you he said, you might have a different opinion on what's been called ever since the Charlottesville lie. Here's a clip from the actual news conference and you can hear for yourself. You're putting what you're calling the alt-left and white supremacists on the same moral plane. I'm not putting anybody on a moral plane. What I'm saying is this. You had a group on one side and you had a group on the other and they came at each other with clubs and it was vicious and it was horrible and it was a horrible thing to watch. But there is another side. There was a group on this side, you can call them the left, you've just called them the left, that came violently attacking the other group. So you can say what you want, but that's the way it is. You said there was hatred, there was violence on both sides. Are well, I do think there's blame, yes. I think there's blame on both sides. You look at, you look at both sides. I think there's blame on both sides, and I have no doubt about it, and you don't have any doubt about it either. And, and, and if you reported it accurately, you would say. And you had some very bad people in that group. But you also had people that were very fine people on both sides. You had people in that group, excuse me, excuse me, I saw the same pictures as you did. You had people in that group that were there to protest the taking down of, to them, a very, very important statue and the renaming of a park from Robert E. Lee to another name. George Washington was a slave owner. Was George Washington a slave owner? So will George Washington now lose his status? Are we going to take down, excuse me, are we going to take down, are we going to take down statues to George Washington? How about Thomas Jefferson? What do you think of Thomas Jefferson? You like him? Okay, good. Are we going to take down the statue? Because he was a major slave owner. Now we're we going to take down his statue. So you know what? It's fine. You're changing history. You're changing culture. And you had people, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists, because they should be condemned totally. But you had many people in that group other than neo-Nazis and white nationalists, okay? And the press has treated them absolutely unfairly. Now, in the other group also, you had some fine people, but you also had troublemakers, and you see them come with the, with the black outfits, and with the helmets, and with the baseball bats. You, got a, you had a lot of bad, you had a lot of bad people in the other group, too. Unfairly, sir, I'm sorry, I just didn't understand what you were saying. You were saying the press has treated white nationalists unfairly? No. I just didn't understand what you were saying. No. There were people in that rally, and I looked the night before. If you look, they were people protesting very quietly the taking down of the statue of Robert E. Lee. I'm sure in that group there were some bad ones. The following day it looked like they had some rough, bad people. Neo-Nazis, uh, white nationalists, whatever you want to call them. But you had a lot of people in that group that were there to innocently protest and very legally protest because, you know, I don't know if you know, they had a permit. The other group didn't have a permit. So 
I only tell you this. There are two sides to a story. I thought what took place was a horrible moment for our country. A horrible moment. Another example of President Trump's alleged racism is his infamous remark about Mexicans. Inside Edition reports. Say one thing about Donald Trump, he sure has people talking. Trump is enraging many people with his remarks about Mexican immigrants. They're bringing drugs, they're bringing crime, they're rapists, and some, I assume, are good people. How can you succeed when you say things like that? Well, you can't, again, Gail, if the question is how can you become president, you can't by saying things like that. This infamous statement was taken out of context. Let me give you the full quote. In his June 16, 2015 speech announcing his run for the presidency, Donald Trump said the following. When do we beat Mexico at the border? They're laughing at us, at our stupidity, and now they are beating us economically. They are not our friend, believe me, but they're killing us economically. The U.S. has become a dumping ground for everybody else's problems. Thank you. It's true, and these are the best and the finest. When Mexico sends its people, they're not sending their best. They're not sending you, they're not sending you. They're sending people that have lots of problems and they're bringing those problems with us. They're bringing drugs, they're bringing crime, they're rapists, and some, I assume, are good people. But I speak to border guards and they tell us what we're getting. And it only makes common sense. It only makes common sense. They're sending us not the right people. It's coming from more than Mexico. It's coming from all over South and Latin America and it's coming probably, probably, from the Middle East. But we don't know because we have no protection and we have no competence. We don't know what's happening and it's got to stop and it's got to stop fast. In his speech, President Trump was not referring to all Mexicans. Rather, he was talking about illegal aliens coming over the U.S.-Mexico border who commit additional crimes such as rape. In case you did not know, it is common for human traffickers to sexually assault or rape the females en route to the U.S. and the smugglers usually remove an article of clothing from the female they rape and they tie it tightly to a tree, a rape tree. Furthermore, it is true that as the U.S. suffers from a massive heroin epidemic that killed over 47,000 people in 2014 alone, Nearly all of the heroin consumed in the U.S. is smuggled in by Mexican traffickers, as the Washington Post found out. But I digress. There are other examples of Trump's alleged racism that has been reported by the media. Are they all lies? I don't know, because I cannot trust the media. They deliberately distort matters to fit their own agenda. Academic research proves it, and for that matter, I just proved it, or at least caused some doubt. But let's move on. I love those pink signs. Women for Trump. I love the signs behind me. Blacks for Trump. I like those signs. Blacks for Trump. You watch. You watch. Those signs are great. Thank you. Here's a quote from a September 1st, 2020 article on Breitbart. Quote, Support for President Trump has surged in the black community, according to three recent polls. 
If the polls are correct, the percentage of black voters who will cast ballots for Trump in 2020 could more than double from the 8% he received in 2016. An Emerson poll released on Monday found that 19% of black voters will vote for the president this November, while a Democracy Institute slash Sunday Express poll released on Sunday also found the level of black support for the president at 19%. And a Zogby poll released on Monday showed 20% of black voters intend to vote for Trump instead of Biden. End quote. So, why this surge in support? Well, I reviewed comments made by Trump supporters on articles and in videos I found online, and the reasons vary, but I can narrow it down to the top three, all found in this Newsmax article entitled, Four Ways Trump Has Done More for African Americans Than Barack Obama. I quote, First Step Act I would never have imagined seeing Kim Kardashian and Kanye West in the White House discussing criminal justice policy. Just like I would never have imagined seeing Alice Johnson giving clemency and the long-awaited Jack Johnson legacy receiving a presidential pardon. These highly publicized cases were both denied by the Obama administration over two consecutive terms as president. In less than two years in the Oval Office, President Trump continued his push for criminal justice reform by passing the First Step Act, which targeted many shackled by the unfair and unjust sentencing laws which were instituted by the Bill Clinton 1994 crime bill. It's hard to imagine that President Trump, not Barack Obama, would pass the most comprehensive criminal justice reform bill in decades. Despite Barack Obama having democratic control of all branches of government for his first two years, the priority just never seemed to be put on addressing the issues that were the most oppressive for underserved blacks in America. Funding for historically black colleges and universities. Established by visionary leaders, America's HBCUs have long played an integral part in our nation's history providing black Americans opportunities to learn and achieve their dreams, which was said by President Donald J. Trump. Historically, black colleges and universities have been at the backbone of educating blacks since the end of slavery. During times when blacks were oppressed the most in America, brave African Americans risked their lives to establish institutions for blacks to receive a higher education. To my surprise, Trump appointed his presidential advisory board on HBCUs and signed an executive order to push funding in programs, passing HBCU legislation faster than any other president in American history. This included pushing to increase the annual budgets by 25%, as well as supporting much-needed work-study programs for HBCUs. forget that the primary focus of the Martin Luther King Jr. led civil rights marches was for jobs and freedom. 
As a young Wall Street banker, I paid very close attention to the monthly jobs numbers for African Americans. Now let's give Trump credit where credit is due. African American unemployment has reached its lowest rate in modern history for both black men and women. This is actually the case for almost all ethnic groups in America. The most impressive number of them all is the fact that almost 70% of working black women currently hold a white collar job compared to just over 40% of black men. The Tax Plan and Job Act has helped to stimulate this. So clearly having a tax code that drops the corporate rate to 21% will have a huge impact on a growing number of African American families. Under the Obama tax code, the same entrepreneurs would pay nearly double this amount of taxes. When I hear President Trump being accused of racism, I do not blame people for thinking that way because it's likely they are acting on information provided by the mainstream media. They have a life and responsibilities and it's easier to depend on the news than to research matters yourself. It's easier to accept what's spun in an echo chamber and to be swayed by emotional appeals rather than be skeptical and investigate major stories for yourself. I totally get that. Again, people have lives. But if you are curious and not just mad by what you've heard so far, but truly curious about anything I said, I ask you not to take my word for all I've said. Doubt some of it. Better yet, doubt all of it. Then research the matter yourself. Go beyond Google, go beyond social media, and review alternative news sources. Review academic resources, especially if they challenge your paradigm. And if you are feeling adventurous, pick up the new book by Horace Cooper. It's called How Trump is Making Black America Great Again, The Untold Story of Black Advancement in the Era of Trump. There is a lot in that that will cause you to doubt a lot of what you may believe as an American voter. I invite you to read it, doubt every word, then research and verify his work for yourself. In the long term, you'll be better off for it. Our country will be better off for it. You have been listening to the Things I Think About podcast. If you love what you heard, hate what you heard, or don't know what you just heard, I want to know about it. Drop me an email. I can be reached at Jim Stroud. That's J-I-M-S-T-R-O-U-D at jimstroud.com. So, until next time, bye-bye.